Hello everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, episode 156, and we have a little bit of a of something different, a little bit of a treat today, because as Nolan is one to do, he likes to he likes to discover new brands of movies, let's say. And uh this week's movie, this week's episode, is certainly that for you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're getting under us real hard, brother. We got some fists of fury, we got some action, we got everything. Let's fucking do it. I'm so pumped up. You're very pumped. Are you very pumped up because of simply the movie we're talking about, or has something else happened to cause this pumped upness? I mean, let's face it, watching WWE and watching this in the same week is bound to have an effect on your confidence. <laughs> to be fair, it probably is, yeah. Have you just kind of discovered a newfound charisma in yourself? Maybe. I, I was going to wear my singlet while we were recording this, but I didn't oh, want to subject yeah. you to that. Oh, no. Oh, we don't no. want any accidental nip slips on this video, do we? Certainly not. Certainly not, even though... Um, even though the good listeners of It's a Wonderful Podcast would not see that, if I was to react in such a way that was like, ah, put it away, then they would know. Then they would know what's happened. Everybody would be well aware. It would be terrible. Uh, we don't we are that. talking Bruce Lee's Fists of Fury because, I mean, I, martial arts movies have been a huge blind spot for me in my film fandom growing up. I've I was never really exposed to them as a kid, but I always loved discovering new genres, and Bruce Lee undoubtedly was like the godfather of the martial arts movie. We've already yeah. done some Kurosawa samurai films, and I like seeing how they the two differ in terms of like the violence and the fighting and the action style and everything. And God yeah. damn is Bruce Lee fun to watch. He is. He he is. He very much is. I've been watching a lot of martial arts movies lately, for for whatever reason it may be. For for Morgan hasn't seen for watch along. You mean like Rush Hour Three and uh... Rush Hour Three with Jackie Chan? Yes, obviously. Although actually, there's a, there's a fun fact for you. Jackie Chan is actually in this movie. Jackie is Chan he? is actually in Fist of Fury. He plays one of the. One of the Jingmo students who gets ah. beaten up by, by the, the Japanese guys when they come and storm their school. Ah, well, that makes sense. Cons this this would be like before Jackie Chan went on and became a huge star in his own. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. This is this is, we are we are firmly in Bruce Lee. Jackie Chan is very much was like the next Bruce Lee after he died, I feel. Absolutely. Absolutely, there's there's definitely a, a protege element to to Jackie Chan with Bruce Lee coming, you know, before him. Jackie Chan has simply had the longevity that, unfortunately, Bruce Lee never got because of his unfortunate, untimely death in 1973. But yes, Fist of Fury, 1972. Oh is what we're talking about today. It's China versus Japan, Nolan. How yes. incredibly pro-China patriotic was this movie? 
Very. And I mean, I've started to learn a little bit more about the whole China versus Japan rivalry. I mean, that is a big thing also in a video game I loved last year called Ghost of Tsushima, in which it has a Japanese protagonist and the Chinese are the antagonists and vice versa. You get that with martial arts films and samurai films. I don't know as much about the culture as somebody who maybe grew up there would. Neither do Um, I. You know, I I get it mostly from pop culture, but I'll tell you what, these movies they make you want to go and research it and really get the whole context behind everything because not only are these movies incredibly entertaining in their own right, I mean, I love this as much as I love a Kurosawa film, but just the way you feel, you know, you get this feeling where it's like you could tell the difference when a movie's made in China versus when it's a Western film trying to like imitate a martial arts film and that kind of thing. This was like, it knows what it is. It's pure martial arts, fun, extravaganza, great action, incredible fight sequences, a simple enough story to propel it along. And that's really much all you need, plus a charismatic star. Although I will get this out of the way first. I watched <laughs> this on Prime. Yes. And I don't know if you can watch it in Chinese with English subtitles, but I oh. very much would rather do that because. The dubbing, the, dub, not the, dub. the dubbing is awful. Oh no! It makes him. So... It makes Bruce Lee sound almost like a different character. Do you know what? Do you know what? I am. I am actually very glad that you are five. You know, five minutes into this episode, showing a lot of love for this movie, having watched the dubbed version, because I, I tried. I tried wants to watch it dubbed and it's it's just bad oh god i mean dubbing's come a long way like in anime there are some good dubs there are some good dubbing that exists definitely not here the funny thing is is that the actual original i think the original is cantonese forgive me if i'm wrong but i think i watch it in cantonese I I own the movie. I, I have it on DVD. Um, and I think I watch it in Cantonese with English subs. But even that is dubbed later because sync sound wasn't actually how movies in China were filmed at the time. They were still filmed. Like microphones like, and no, they were they were still filmed as just do all the photography. And then later we'll do the sound. So it's still dubbed. So everybody's like speaking, but you can tell it's still dubbed, but it, it, they're speaking the actual language they're speaking in the movie, which is is fun. Um, you, I suppose you, you would still get the pleasure of what I think. I, I think Bruce Lee puts more energy into screaming than he does into his actual martial arts maneuvers because he, he seems to he seems to expel a lot of energy in his very very loud crying and screaming whenever he hits anybody i enjoy it it, it makes it make it does make for a fun time and i like uh, that i can see it in this context where it's purely sincere and it comes from how energetic he's being Rather than like you know the countless like Western things that have just like parodied it and sort yeah. of turned it, tried to turn it into a joke, and yeah. I guess kind of as a Western kid, you grow up thinking that, 
But then when you watch it, it's like, this is a completely different context. This is a completely new way of filmmaking to me. And I, I'm keen to learn more. I'm literally looking up like Bruce Lee movie Blu-rays as we speak. But you, you, look, you certainly should. I know you actually did say that um, you wanted to get into Bruce Lee movies, but you didn't pick Enter the Dragon. Which is is kind of the obvious Bruce Lee movie to start. It was his last movie. It's his English language movie. You know, it's it's the by far the most mainstream Bruce Lee movie, the most accessible one. But you I can get into why I picked this one. Yeah. Well, as we sometimes bring up at the end of the show, I do talk about like latest news, and that does involve Marvel movies. Yes. There is one movie that Marvel are making that's hopefully going to be released this year that I'm very interested in because it sounds like nothing they've done before. And that's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Samu Liu, who's been cast as the title character, is very charismatic about it. He's kind of got a bit of a Bruce Lee physique about him. And you hear that because they've got like an Asian filmmaker and an all-Asian cast, they're taking a lot of influence from Bruce Lee films. And the way they're describing it is like, so you're going to have Shang-Chi enter a tournament with his father being the Mandarin for the Ten Rings. And to okay. me, that just sounds fucking awesome. So I was desperate to see like what kind of movies would influence it. And I believe Enter the Dragon is like the main influence for that movie. So when Shang-Chi comes out, we'll probably do that. That makes total sense. Enter the Dragon is, of course, based around a martial arts tournament. So... Yeah, but we've yeah, also yeah. got Mortal Kombat coming out this month, which I believe I, I don't know if it is Chinese inspired. It could be Japanese inspired, and I know those I, fighting I styles know. differ. But I think Mortal Kombat is more along the fantastical martial arts than yeah. it is like proper martial arts. But they do have cool martial arts training inside it. You can tell they put a lot of effort into how these people move and like their fighting styles are always slightly different. Bruce Lee, I mean. I can see why his last movie was called Enter the Dragon because he moves like a fucking serpent. He is so quick and agile and like one minute you have your eyes off him and he's right behind you with his fucking crazy hand slicing your throat open. It's it's so fun. I had a I had such a smile on my face watching it. It is unbelievably impressive the speed in which he moves. Cuz he's he's obviously quite a you know, he was obviously quite a small guy, but the size of him, muscle-wise, is immense. There's a... I can't remember which movie. It might be in Way of the Dragon, where there's one scene where he's just kind of flexing his back muscles out. And his, his back muscles seem to come, like, as wide as him stretching his arms out. It's unbelievable level of muscle. And like you said, just the physique of Bruce Lee is like no other action movie star. You can give me your Schwarzenegger bodybuilder, six foot six, you know. Uh, your Stallones, your Bruce Willis, kind of. Yeah. But there is not a single bit of fat on Bruce Lee's body. I think the he's man... like 2% body fat. If the man lucky. was pure muscle and pure speed 
and like you said, agility, and it is on full, full, full display in Fist of Fury. It's on full display in every single one of his movies and little T and you know TV shows and what have you. Not that there's like loads and loads of them, unfortunately. Like I said, you know, yeah. I believe Bruce Lee. He was the original Kato in the Green Hornet TV show. He shows. was. Yes, he was. That was be yeah before this movie. That's in the late sixties. Mm. Um, but he was. I guess that's how American audiences kind of flocked to him. Probably, I can only imagine so. Um, but he was such a enormous star in the early seventies, particularly obviously in China, where movies like this did immensely well. Not just because they've obviously got. Bruce Lee in them, but also, like I said before, they're incredibly patriotic, or this one is at least incredibly patriotic towards China. There are several scenes in this movie that are basically Bruce Lee kicking anti-Chinese racism. <laughs> like signs with it on, or a little... And insulting message that the Japanese people send his school. He, he straight, rips it up and makes them eat it. Straight up, you're not going to get a commentary on Chinese and Japanese conflict on this show. No, because we, we, no. we, we're not familiar with it. We're not, we, we're not familiar enough no, with that. For us to comment on that would be irresponsible. It but would. what I can comment on is... So this kind of changes the way that I view what a good movie is. Because okay. the way I used to view movies was like good dialogue, good script, good cinematography, good directing, good all of that. And you think yeah. that's a pretty simple way to enjoy a movie. You can tell when something is like lesser. And yet this movie has probably like it's got a very basic story. Yeah. The dialogue's pretty simple. It's not really there to be like quoted in a Twitter post to get a hundred retweets or whatever. Unless unless it is my favorite line in the whole movie, which is this time they'll this time they've eaten the paper. Next time they'll eat the glass. That is pretty badass. But I mean which... it's not like the most lyrical screenplay at all. No. And the thing is about it is it doesn't have to be. It knows what it is, and it goes for it in the best way possible. And that, to me, makes this a great movie, because now I have a new definition of what a great movie is. It's the best version of itself. And I feel Fists of Fury is the best version of itself. And that is a pretty goddamn great way for me to get into martial arts films. As my first one, I now just want to look through all of them, even like the, the Jackie Chan ones that you can barely find in any store. I want to hunt them down. I want to watch all of them. I want to look for other martial arts films. Like I'll probably watch The Raid or like IP Man or with Donnie Yen and all these people. It's yeah. opened up a whole new area of what I thought cinema was. You can go through a whole a whole uh, history of Chinese martial arts movies. Not even just Chinese ones. Any Southeast Asian a martial arts movie that, that you may find just China, China has the most of and them. China, China's cinema this, at this. Yes. I know since we're doing Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid over on your other show, I think we should have a little bit of a cross promotion here. So <laughs> okay. 
original Karate Kid, and once again, I'm not commenting on the conflict between China and Japan, but I find it interesting that the original Karate Kid is very much Japanese-influenced. Yeah. Miyagi is a Japanese man, he's a Japanese karate, and that's what the original series and like Cobra Kai kind of build upon, but then they inject the sort of Western badass feel to it. Yeah. And the remake of the Karate Kid starring Jaden Smith is set in China. And it's very different. It's He learns Kung Fu, he doesn't learn Karate. Jackie Chan is the Mr. Miyagi character. And I suppose I can look at it as... Because like I used to hate the Karate Kid remake, but then now I'm thinking, is that just like what the ultimate version of what the Chinese version of the Karate Kid would be? I think that's probably exactly what it is. Because they are, they're obviously, they're very different. You know, there is different styles of, of movie making as British movies and French movies. Just because they're in the same continent and general area geographically doesn't mean that there isn't a significant difference between the feel of a Japanese movie and a Chinese movie and a Thai movie and an Indonesian movie and whatever else. I, w- I want to see know? all of them. I'm really interested in how they would all differ from it. In fact, I even remember hearing this thing about it. So have you seen, uh, you've not seen the Kingsman films, have you? I've seen the first one. So in the first one, yeah, it's very much like, you know, British spy movie influence. And then in the second one, they do that. Plus they add the American ver- version of like very cowboys and whiskey and whips and all that. And I'm thinking now, how cool would it be if in a Kingsman movie they brought in Jackie Chan as one of the Kingsman characters and they made it this whole tribute to martial arts and had like dubbing jokes and all these cool action scenes? I, I think you can feel the influence of what Bruce Lee started into other movies. And sometimes those other movies don't do it as well as he did. But admittedly, the man had an influence over Hollywood and it's easy to see why. He absolutely did. He absolutely did. There are, you know, there are there are some shots in Fist of Fury that are, you know, people nowadays would call very Tarantino shots because we we know Tarantino kind of like steal things. Is in a Tarantino film? Well, well yes, I suppose. Well, a, certain... well, a car- the a fictionalized version of Bruce Lee does show up in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's acting very arrogant, and then gets ass kicked by Brad Pitt. There was a whole thing about the family of Bruce Lee liking that portrayal and. No, I never yeah. knew the guy in real life. Maybe he was arrogant, but I'm not going to look at that as the Bruce Lee portrayal to look towards. I'm going to look at these movies. Well, yeah, I think that's the best way to go. I've, to be fair, with that particular, um, with that particular kind of portrayal of Bruce Lee in in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think. It would be fair to realize that somebody at the level of of game that Bruce Lee was at in, you know, late 60s, early 70s would have a reason to believe themselves to be the absolute best. And like you say, we, we didn't know Bruce Lee personally. We don't know. But I've also heard a hell of a lot of things that Bruce Lee was an incredibly humble man and a qu- yeah. quite a, a a very, very professional man, a kind of somebody who would get particularly 
riled up if something wasn't going right on on a, on a set or whatever it was. Very but passionate, the way to describe them. Very passionate, but I have heard kind of he was quite down to earth and, and humble as well. Perhaps I'm wrong. Perhaps we're just hearing conflicting reports here. I think what we like can in that say... Movie, they portray him, and this is another thing I've sort of realized from doing WWE these past few weeks. He In that movie, it's kind of presented heel. Like, he's the guy up, he acts all tough and ass. And as a kid, maybe this, this is how I've changed as I've got on all wrestling heels. Even Edge would come on act off like, I, I hate it, you stole that guy, even though it's all, all fake. But then, as I'm getting old, I can kind of risk the passion goes into like, even you are a heel and rent and the guts the pop. And I have a new, new founder kind of performing as well. So, physical acting a lot more than just like what we say physical comedy like Thruges and Buster Keaton and all I don't have a physical actor you can't Bruce Lee no his come from how he physically on the scene and the way he acts with it and everything and sometimes I have an issue with this where some movies are stated that I sort of like zone out a little bit for one scene. Not with this. When he is think your eyes are glued to that screen for what he is doing. You can't look away. It's way too intense to look away. Everything's coming at you at a million miles an hour. You know, you, you can't, you don't want to. But you're, you're sat there and you're in awe of every little move of him beating down dozens and dozens of people in a school with the pair of nunchucks. The first, uh, the first showing of Bruce Lee's famous nunchucks is in this movie. He is unbelievable with them because they are a seriously quite dangerous metal weapon. Oh, I know. And he wields them like the absolute master that he was. It's unbelievable to watch. It is just fascinating. I I, I always love that first scene in, in, in the Japanese school. We should actually say we're, tw- we're 25 minutes into this and we, and we haven't actually said kind of the, the basic idea of what's going on in, in Fist of Fury. Basically what's going on in Fist of Fury is that the... The master of the Jingmo uh, Chinese martial arts school has died, and uh, and the Japanese rivals from the Bushido school have basically come and insulted him and and all the Chinese students right after his death because they're just kind of two dimensionally horrible people in this movie, and that's just kind of what they are. Okay, that's the movie. Um, they bring a, uh, a an insulting paper sign with them that says Sick Man of Asia on it. And everybody's very upset and, and Bruce Lee wants to fight them. And Bruce Lee is very kind of, he's an angry young guy in this movie, but a very talented martial artist, of course. Um, so he, go, he goes to the, he goes to the Japanese school uh, and he beats them all up. No one. <laughs> 
He beats every I mean, single that's one of what them. I would do an insulted my, my master if I was that loyal to someone. If someone did that to you, probably go and beat them up. If someone did that to me, you would go and beat them up. I would defend your honor. I My friend, why, why wouldn't I do that? I I am honored. I am honored that you would do that for me. That's a very nice thing to say. Uh, but I imagine you wouldn't I, do that for me because you're not a very violent person, are you? I'm not a very violent person, Nolan, but it doesn't mean that I don't like movies like this that are very, 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 very violent, to be honest with you. I don't think... I don't think the movie necessarily kind of glorifies violence. It just kind of showcases the the power of this form of martial arts and showcases the immense talent of Bruce Lee at what he does because everybody else just gets beaten down. Even the, the uh, bigger guys, the Russian guy, that eventually the Japanese kind of get in as protection. Even he doesn't stand a chance, Nolan. This is not this is no, uh, you know, Ivan Drago situation. That's what they've tried to go for. But Bruce Lee beats him up as well by pretending to be a ghost at one point and having like eight hands. It's weird. It's, I, it's cool, I can make well. a comment on the whole... I'm getting really tired of whole this movie glorify violence complaint anyway because these as kind of an escapist to see they're not condoning the violence and the violence in this movie it has a point and it's done really really well something I should mention really the opening of this movie the opening credits and the song it it, it felt like I was watching a James Bond film and Obviously, the action is much better than in any James Bond. But it did get kind of, you know, here's an action movie with a unique song, cool opening credits, and, you know, for a ride, and it's just Bruce Lee as a bunch of bad guys, and off you go. It's kind of, it reminds me of, like, why I like the Bond films as well as why I'm liking these. That's a bold statement, Nolan. This movie has better action than any James Bond movie. I mean, to a point, Certainly has better martial arts than than any James Bond movie. I think the most martial arty of all James Bonds was probably Roger Moore. So that says it all, really. Because um, you know, fifty fifty eight year old Roger Moore trying to do weird martial arts moves in view. To I guarantee you, Bruce Lee doesn't... alive today, and he had the technology that like the Bond films have to make grand scale action sequences, he would probably be as popular as The Rock. I have no I I mean what a what a hypothetical that is. I struggle with hypotheticals like that. But it's it, it's impossible to not think that had Bruce Lee had the longevity of, you know, someone like Jackie Chan that he would have just taken completely over in in the world of action movies because there was there's there's never been anybody there's never been anybody better at what he does than Bruce Lee there there just hasn't in my opinion anyway i from the opening 
get the opening credits, get less of a Bond feel, more of a spaghetti western. The the music well, in you this say movie, that as well. the music in this movie feels very much like an Ennio Morricone score. It isn't, but it really, really feels like one. And I love that because it adds to the kind of theatricality of it, the drama of it, the tension of it, and the 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 greatness of it. Really, there's a there's a couple of couple of similarities between this and and spaghetti westerns that I get. Those kind of quick zooms, as well that I that I was speaking about as being. Um, Tarantino shots before that that people would think they are now, but look where Tarantino t- took them from. Which are the quick yeah, zooms into your character? Kind of existing. He has a love of these kind of things of cinema, and he does them in his own way. And a lot of people yeah. diss Tarantino for that, and I can understand why. But I mean, he's as passionate about this as say, someone like Bruce Lee would be. He is. He might not as well, just because of his, who he is as a person. But he's, he is. I, I I don't really know where I'm going with that because I, I see a lot of criticism towards Tarantino for like riffing off other films and just doing that for his films. But he brings his own take to it, and I like to think like Bruce Lee does that as well because other sure other martial arts films level of theatricality as Bruce Lee film does. I. As far as as far as Tarantino go goes, I've always thought he was simply paying homage to these old movies as opposed to to, to ripping them off in any way. That maybe that's just my opinion. Maybe people are souring on Tarantino, and that's not to say that Tarantino hasn't got his flaws. Of course, he has. You know, in in some certain situations but in terms of his his movie making his entire catalogue of movies exists as homage to movies he grew up loving that's 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 all it has been of which martial arts movies and bruce lee movies are, are certainly a part of that they are um i don't know though was this was this your first Chinese movie in in general? As in purely purely Chinese made? As in purely Chinese made, yes. Uh, unless you count like weird soap operas that I sometimes watch on hospital screens, then yeah, this is my first like proper Chinese movie. I've seen like films inspired by this, but uh, never like a full-on Chinese one, and I'm glad I did get to see a full-on Chinese one. That's interesting, though. I'm glad. I'm glad that you've now discovered a new country of movie making. That's always fun. It's very, very fun. Because after our, are you going to do a tour? Are you going to do this uh, tour of Asian cinema? Then we've done it. We've done a few Japanese movies on this show. The Japanese are the villains in this movie. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna go to other countries as well. I think Probably. it's always good to do that. I'm very curious to see what a Thai movie would look like, like a Thai martial arts thing, because I've always been a fan of like Thai kickboxing whenever I visit Thailand. Curious how that would work. 
Yeah, I don't know. Is it like a Thai equivalent of Bruce Lee? I would love to know. I would not be able to tell you, unfortunately, Nolan. Yes, your your experience with Thailand probably begins and ends with Pad Thai, the dish. Yes, I, 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 for the for safety reasons. <laughs> yes, I, I visited um, Thailand twice, and I, and I love the place. So, uh, I, yeah, I'd be curious to check out more of this. I have been to Thailand, actually. I fell off a horse. No, I didn't fall off a horse. A horse kicked me. Jesus. That's what happened to me in Thailand. Yeah. There are worse things that can happen to you in Thailand. I mean, there have are. you seen the second have you seen the second hangover film? There are look, there are there are admittedly worse things that could possibly happen in Thailand. Some of which we're not going to get into right now but i do want to get into a little bit more of this movie nolan do you have some favorite moments some favorite scenes some set pieces i mean let's just get into it that final action set piece i could not keep my eyes off of the fucking screen and you're right he bruce lee does that bruce lee does that thing where it's like you'll prepare for an attack and it's like a shadow of eight hands yeah. I don't know what it's supposed to represent. Is it like him getting in touch with his inner fighter or whatever? If someone in the comments could tweet me that, like, what does that represent? I would love to know more. But then that fight is just pure carnage and chaos. And I love that it starts off as a physical fight with, like, fists. His fists of fury, obviously. obviously. The fists of fury deal with the one guy who looks like a fucking sidekick to a WWE heel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, honestly, he looks like Mick Foley. <laughs> oh, he, he, he does. I mean, he does a little bit, but also I like Mick Foley. I'm expecting it. I was expecting him to just like reach into his hand, grab a dirty sock, and shove it down my mouth. He's just got a weird, he's just got weird curly hair. Nobody, by the way, is going into the mustache hall of fame in this movie because people in this, because the people in this movie who have mustaches, the mustaches are either terrible or they themselves are terrible, terrible people in this movie. So I, I don't feel safe putting anybody Fair. into the mustache hall of fame. Certainly not Petrov though. But then I love that uh, after that, it goes into a sword fight yeah. and Bruce Lee does not pick up the sword. He keeps using his hands and it's like, that's a way, a good way to escalate tension. You give the villain what they might see as like the better weapon, and then you still have the hero rely on their instincts to beat them. Like I did that in my book Moonflower. Like originally, my hero had the big weapon against the villain, and I thought, "Oh, I'm making her like giving her a cool moment now." But then when I gave the big weapon to the villain and left the hero all defenseless, suddenly she's in more danger. So you're kind of more like. You're more attached to the situation that way. And even with that guy having the sword, and he's pretty good with the sword. He's fucking yeah. swinging it around, doing everything. Bruce Lee still kicks his ass. Of course he and does. Like, does he slit his throat with his hands or some shit? It looked like that. I don't actually remember how he... Why don't I remember how he defeats... Uh, what's his name? Suzuki. It was like It was like the end of Karate Kid Part 2. You know, the whole live or die, <laughs> man. But then he actually died instead of getting his <laughs> nose squeaked. <laughs> what? Well, no, that would have been quite funny. That admittedly would have been absolutely hilarious if Bruce Lee, instead of 
you know, beating all the people up. Just honked them on the nose a few times, and that was that. That was all the pent-up rage that Bruce Lee had within him. Um, I like that. I like and, that. I mean, the ending itself is also... I mean, it's kind of a tragic ending, but also kind of bittersweet. There's a lot of sadness in this movie because you have to deal with the death of your master and kind of um, all this racial tension that's going on. And who I'm assuming are cops just come to his house and they're like, yeah, well, you technically murdered people. And I kind of like that that's addressed, even if I don't like the fact that technically it means Bruce Lee loses the movie. But his final line, it kind of struggled me. It was like, I will take punishment for the lives I've taken, but not for the reason why I did it. Because the and reason I just, why you I did love me. a hero who just owns his mistakes and his beliefs like that. And then possibly my favorite part of the whole movie, you see a whole crowd of like, I, once again, I don't know who they are. Are they like the Japanese students or Japanese cops or whatever coming in, trying to break the place down? It's just a freeze frame of Bruce Lee going to kick there. Yeah. yeah. It ends that on a freeze so frame. Cool. It ends on a freeze frame and another monumental scream from Bruce Lee. It's great. But yeah, look, it does it does end quite kind of tragically for Bruce Lee. His name is Chen in the movie. Um, it does does end quite tragically for him. It is a good line. It is a good line because you understand the whole revenge angle of this entire movie because of how much this master meant to Bruce Lee. You know, the, the other members of the school are a little bit kind of more reserved about it. They're equally as upset. But, you know, Chen's just got this rage within him, I guess. that uh, And a particularly impressive kung fu ability that he can just go and uh, do what he feels is necessary to these admittedly horrible, horrible people from the Japanese school, because they are painted in an incredibly horrible, horrible light, no? Um, with, with with all the, uh, yeah, the, the anti-Chinese sentiment to go around as well, which isn't nice um, for, for all the Chinese people, which is understandable why, again, the movie did so well, is so well liked in China. And um, I just really like the shot of Bruce Lee kicking that sign that says no dogs or Chinese allowed. <laughs> I really like that shot because it's a ridiculously over-the-top shot, but it's just clearly a big whole message. And I'll give credit to, you know, um, what's his name? Wylo, uh, the director as well, who actually makes a cameo in the movie. He plays the inspector. You know, the inspector dude who comes in and he's quite like abrupt with everybody and a bit of a moron. That's, that's <laughs> if, the director. If I ever directed a movie, I would cast myself as a moron, not going <laughs> to lie. That's good. Um, I'll give credit to him as well, because, you know, like we said before, some of the shots are really nice. The The fight scenes are, you know, shot really well. I know the choreographed by Bruce Lee himself, but the shot really well. Everything feels very... Everything feels quite sweeping, I think, in this one as well. For a a movie that's 
only set in a few different locations. It's really nice to look at. It moves very, very kind of, like I said, in, in, in a sweeping way. Um, the sets are great. There's that big whole Japanese garden set where a lot of the stuff takes place. That's really nice. It's a really impressively looking movie, I think. So I, I will I will have to give credit to Wilo, the director. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly as well, because he, he has made a few of Bruce Lee's um Bruce Lee's martial arts movies. So his mm-hmm. name is one that you'll be seeing again, Nolan, if you continue on the Bruce Lee train. I will. I'll probably watch some of the documentaries about Bruce Lee that are on Prime as well. You should do. I'm just fascinated by the guy. I love performers who are just dedicated to the craft. What I would say, though, simply, is try and find the, you know, Chinese language, if it's Cantonese, Mandarin, whatever. Yeah, just rather not, than the dub. Just dubbing. not English. Just not the English dub. Honestly, I, the English dub makes him sound like a completely different person. You'll have You'll have a better time. If you don't watch the English dub, Nolan. Anything else? This movie's badass. Fucking watch it if you haven't. I'm assuming you have if you've clicked onto this podcast. If not, I'm sorry for the spoilers, but go and watch this fucking movie. And uh, we've said this before on other episodes when we've done foreign films. Go and seek out movies from other countries. There's a whole world of cinema that you can go and find instead of watching fucking, I don't know, what's the popular movie everyone keeps raving about instead of watching avengers endgame for the 20th time yeah. go and watch go seek out other movies from other cultures just as fun yeah just as fun and the action set pieces can rival anything absolutely anything you may think of in your big budget hollywood action movies these stuff the, you know this this stuff from from Fist of Fury and other movies like it from Bruce Lee um, can absolutely rival any of that. I love this movie. Thank you for making me watch it again because it's been ages since I've seen it. So it was very and, nice. And since we get onto the news segment, can I make you watch something else? Potentially, but also I kind of really want to watch Enter the Dragon now. Fair but enough. I'm going to wait because you want to do it when the Shang-Chi movie comes out. So. Well, I would recommend that you go and do your research on Shang-Chi because he's a very yeah. cool comics character. Like, I feel you would love him. The actor is very passionate and loves about the role. He's got kind of a Bruce Lee persona about him. And what I'm going to recommend you go and watch, because I've been watching it for the past week, go and just relive some WWE. Go watch some Attitude Era matches. Get WWE Network and go watch the thousands of hours of SmackDown and Raw content they have on there, because it's so fucking fun, honestly. I used to be a big fan of of WWE. I I haven't watched it in, in so, so many years. I wouldn't even know where to begin anymore. Are you? Are you just on I this just hype because it was just? Yes, I was going and to you ask. Brought it on, like literally. You can jump on wrestling at any point because the story never ends. It's just continuous. And th- well, the people yes. who say this to me, like, "Oh yeah, you know, wrestling is fake, right?" Like I always say to them, <laughs> "Well, yes." 
but what wrestling is, WWE is, is the most extreme physical performance art in the yeah. world, featuring death-defying stunts performed in front of thousands of people with fun stories to go along with it. Like, if you're a writer, if you're a creator, I think you can learn a lot of storytelling techniques from watching WWE, as ridiculous as it is. Go and have some fun with that. Rey Mysterio's kid is a wrestler now. I'm curious. That makes me sad, though. Who was your favorite uh, WWE wrestler? Oh, God, that's a good question. Was it John Cena? Did you like the heels? No, I wasn't. I was never. I was never a big fan of John Cena. And look, John Cena is going to be in the in the Fast and Furious movie now, isn't he? Which yeah, just, he's, he's Dom Teresa's brother, and he's Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad. He is. He is. John Cena's everywhere. John Cena's everywhere. I suppose we have we have now officially kind of moved on from the Fist of Fury discussion. So I would like to just finally say there. Fist of Fury, 1972. It's a great movie. Go and watch it. Applause, applause for Fist of Fury. And it's fitting that we're talking about John Cena now because no one on this listening to this podcast can see us. Oh, God. <laughs> Stop making John Cena jokes, no. And I was, <laughs> do you know what? I was honestly never a big fan of John Cena. Obviously, knowing me, Undertaker was kind of the vibe... Undertaker, Kane, Kane less so because Kane wasn't was always legitimately alive. Undertaker always had his gravestones and his crucifixes, and he's he's looking like death situation, which which always spoke to me. Obviously, um, so yes, I, I would probably have to go with the Undertaker, who must be about eighty seven now. He's in his 70s. He's retired he? from wrestling. Wow. Uh, he's just God. chilling out in Houston, Texas, I think, enjoying his retirement. Good. So he should. I uh, haven't they, even looked. They have made attempts now to create, like, the next scary character no. after Undertaker. Like, they have this guy called The Fiend, who's just wearing a Halloween mask. See, this is my problem, Nolan. <laughs> wrestling wwe will will never be as good as when you were 10 years old so why are we bothering going back to it i'm not doing you have i'm not doing i look i was right there with you i thought i would watch wrestlemania for a laugh and that was it but they have done so much to like improve the show narratively and it's like the women are not eye candy anymore they're their own superstars they have their own championships there's this new wrestler called Bianca Belair who just won the Raw Women's Championship and everyone's fucking cheering her. And like that, that felt really cool. That is Legacy a fair point. Being passed on. Rey Mysterio, as much as I loved him, is probably going to retire soon and his son Dominic is going to take up the mantle. Is he also very small? Yes, there, there is all... He's, not, he's actually taller than Rey Mysterio is. Oh, uh, see, that's... No... A, any Mysterio has to be at least uh, uh, at most five foot three. I was quite disappointed that CM Punk was no longer there, but uh, they've got new, new guys that you can follow. Roman Reigns is one that is pretty him. notable. He he looks like Jason Momoa. He fights like Jason Momoa, is and he he's the, the current one... champion. Is he who is related to Dwayne Johnson? Might be. I don't know. Uh, was he fucking... in Hobbs and Shaw? He could have been. I think he was. 
there's also uh, a wrestler I really like from when I watched it. Uh, do you remember, do you remember MVP? No, I think you brought this up on the watch along, didn't you? On or yes. was it on the Cobra Kai? So MVP was week. like this wrestler who his whole persona was essentially like he was the Michael Jordan. He was the highest paid athlete, kind of cocky, but knew it. And right. people hated him. And he still came back. He still did great matches. And right now he is mentoring Bobby Lashley, who is the current WWE champion. And I love the way he's turned from like a heel that no one cared about into managing the current champion. It's a cool little arc. Those are the fun things you get in wrestling. I think you should. Uh, I think you should start a wrestling show. You seem to Maybe. be. You seem to have found your the the passion in in <laughs> WWE again. I applaud you for it, Nolan. I don't think. I think the amount the most passion you'll get out of uh, WWE from me these days is going back and playing the PlayStation Two games that I still own. Oh, I still have those too, and they're a blast to play. I would play them. I would continue to play them, but I I don't think. It's way too much for me to try and get back into something like that at this point, I think. Uh, I don't think unfortunately, well. JBL's still there commentating. Nobody likes oh, him. Oh, God, is he? Yeah. yeah. On I the upside, think... Booker T is now a commentator, and he oh, kind of like levels out the hatred you have for fucking JBL. I do like I don't know if JBL is just so good at playing his part or if he's actually a prick. Well, that's the thing with that's the thing with that sort of stuff, isn't it? It's like Bruce Lee, Nolan. Who's the real Bruce Lee? The humble but one, one thing has never changed. One we hear about the one thing that's never changed. Vince McMahon is and will always be a, a wanker. Person. Yes. <laughs> and with that, we pretty much confirmed that I am never going to become a WWE superstar because Vince McMahon, you are a fucking dick. You need to retire already. Vince McMahon does, of course, listen to his wonderful podcast and is most offended. Um, if you do want to laugh, though, there is a there is a fun thing uh, involving Vince McMahon and Donald Trump, where oh they were in a match and oh the no. loser got their head shaved, oh and then you see Vince God. McMahon with a bald head. Oh <laughs> God! <laughs> this is see, this is the kind of stuff I'm not about. This, what is happening there? That was in 2007. Oh God. I don't need it, Nolan. I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, Is if I ever visit you happened? again, I'll bring my WWE Network subscription with me. I'll <laughs> throw on a match, and you will fucking love it. Remember that comedian I showed you when I was hanging okay. out? You liked him, the Australian guy. Okay, okay. I trust. I trust you. I trust you. But you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to sway me. I'm not prepared. And if not, watch, we'll just no, throw on we, the PS2 games, no disqualification, and whack I, each other I, with some sledgehammers. That wasn't a euphemism. I am willing <laughs> to to turn on the PlayStation 2. Nolan, I am willing to do that, admittedly. That 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 that's it. That's all I'm doing. Uh, well okay. that that's us for now. I think that is 
us for now. I think you've hit the nail on the head right there. I'll say it again. Go and watch Fist of Fury. It's a great little movie. It's a fun movie. It's not an extravagant movie by any stretch of the imagination. But I tell you what, it does have extravagant martial arts in it. Bruce Lee beating every fool up. If you're interested in an hour and a half of that, which why wouldn't you be? Because it's just entertaining, but also has a lot of heart and tragedy to it and, and, and sadness and legitimately good acting and wacky camera. It's great. I love Fist of Fury. I can't wait to talk about some more martial arts movies on It's a Wonderful Podcast. Absolutely. Um, but that is it for this shorter but sweeter Episode 156 of It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show. It is not the only show you can find on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. We have Machine Mondays every Monday with Janine, the machine, talking all her schmodown things. Morgan hasn't seen every Wednesday with me and Janine, where Janine forces me to watch things that I haven't seen. At the moment, we're doing time loop movies, and this past wednesday we were talking about saw were we talking about source code we were talking about source code i've got that right jake gyllenhaal that was a i was good just gonna movie. think that's a jake gyllenhaal movie isn't it yeah it was a good little thriller so go starring on. another mysterio not the ray kind <sighs> yes <laughs> no yes well done well done Cle- very clever there was like something that. there that I should mention as well. Last year, Rey Mysterio came into the ring wearing a Mysterio from oh, Spider-Man no. outfit. Oh, dear. And uh, I just fucking lost my shit. I'm sure you did. I'm sure that was that was your world made when that happened. Nothing has ever been better for Nolan than that exact moment. I'm all about that 619. Brilliant. Um, yes, Machine Mondays, Morgan hasn't seen, and it's a wonderful podcast, the main show, this show, where we celebrate and discover those wonderful older movies. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, and you can find that on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, everywhere else. We have the Patreon, It's a Wonderful Podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one, go and find uh, you, the tier that is right for you on there, if you are feeling particularly generous. Uh, we have the YouTube channel as well. It's a wonderful podcast. Go and sub over there. Check out the stuff that we've got going on, the watch-alongs, the current Cobra Kai discussions, more discussions like that to come, Janine's little review series, my videos that I'm doing. It's all a blast on the YouTube channel as well. You can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at The Purple Dawn with the three instead of the E in the because three is, of course, the magic number on Instagram at The Purple Dawn. And Nolan, all your wonderful WWE talk is at where? It is at Nolan Dean 27 where I'm realizing things like, damn, I hated Edge as a kid, but I low key kind of respect him now because he was so damn good at being a heel. You can also find me on Instagram at Nolan Dean Writer and on this very YouTube channel, Nolan Dean, where I will probably be making a video at some point. Maybe something WWE related. We don't know. Probably but, will uh, be with the amount of passion we have for it. <laughs> we seem to have for it at the moment. And I will say this, Morgan. Yes. Would you ever 
go to a WWE live event. No. no. <laughs> I wouldn't, because if I, it comes to Glasgow, wouldn't. you can bet I'm going to be there and there will be pictures. I just can't. I can't envision myself in that environment, to be honest. Which is, is, is might be a sad reality, but I, 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 there, there are many, there are many other entertainment events that I would rather, like Wimbledon, for example. That's more your speed, isn't it? Yeah, the World Snooker Championships, for example. <laughs> The open you know, golf. Maybe this will entice you to come visit me in Glasgow. Right opposite my flat, there is a snooker club. That does entice me. That does entice me. And it's a big warehouse, and I've never gone in it because it low-key looks like a mafia hideout. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take you in the big warehouse to play some snooker, no one. Don't worry. That's also not a euphemism. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's end it now. I think there's probably I think it's just about time for me to say goodbye. Thank you everybody for listening to such a nonsense episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. What a blast it has been. Nolan, go ahead. Yo, on this show we love these fists of fury and Morgan, the fans, you cannot see me. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>